This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, July 12th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week is in the American Journal of Drug and Alcohol Abuse and is titled Laws for Expanding Access to Medications for Opioid Use Disorder, a Legal Analysis of 12 States in Washington, D.C. This qualitative analysis identified and categorized MOUD-related statutes and regulations in a random sample. The analysis found that policies that appear to expand MOUD access fall within six policy domains. The first is expanding the availability of wavered buprenorphine providers. The second is expanding MOUD awareness. The third is criminal justice. The fourth is licensed SUD facilities. The fifth is insurers. And the sixth is hospitals. Next, we have a study in JAMA Network Open titled Risk of Dementia After Smoking Cessation in Patients with Newly Diagnosed Atrial Fibrillation. In this cohort study, smoking status with development of dementia was examined. Patients were categorized as never smokers, ex-smokers, quit smokers, and current smokers. The study found that current smoking was associated with increased risk of Alzheimer's and total dementia compared to all of their smoking categories. Quit smokers did have a slightly elevated risk for dementia diagnosis, but this risk was still lower than that for current smokers. Our next story is in the Journal of Clinical Psychiatry and is titled Association of Bupropion, Naltrexone, and Opioid Agonist Treatment with Stimulant-Related Admissions Among People with Opioid Use Disorder. The authors note earlier work showing that patients with methamphetamine use disorder benefit from prescription of bupropion plus naltrexone. This study looked for similar benefits in patients with opioid use disorder and stimulant use. The study found that prescription of medications for opioid use disorder was associated with reduction of stimulant-related admissions, as was prescription of bupropion. The authors conclude that medical treatment for opioid use disorder also improves stimulant-related outcomes, and that bupropion may be a promising adjunct in patients with opioid use disorder and stimulant use. A new study, Mortality in Adult Children of Parents with Alcohol Use Disorder, is in the European Journal of Epidemiology. Approximately 4 through 10% of children in Western countries grow up with at least one parent with harmful alcohol use. This national cohort study used data from Swedish national registers to compare mortality risk in children who had greater than one parent with alcohol use disorder and those who did not. Children of parents, particularly mothers, with alcohol use disorder had increased mortality from all investigated causes, such as drug use, suicide, accident, and assault. Our next study is in Journal of Substance Abuse Treatment and is titled Evaluating Disparities in Prescribing of Naloxone After Emergency Department Treatment of Opioid Overdose. This retrospective cohort study evaluated disparities in naloxone prescribing for patients who presented after opioid overdose in a large health system. Of the patients included in the study, 43.2% received at least one prescription for naloxone. The study found that those aged 65 or greater were less likely to receive naloxone. Compared with non-Hispanic white patients, 
Hispanic Latinx patients were more likely to receive a prescription. Next is an editorial in Addiction titled Gabapentinoids, Repeating Mistakes of the Past. In this article, the authors review the history of gabapentinoid prescribing worldwide, their safety profile, and their problematic co-administration with other controlled substances. The authors comment that the commercial success of gabapentinoids is not paralleled by safe, judicious, and cost-effective use. The authors question why early indicators of gabapentinoid-related harm were not recognized and acted upon more promptly, particularly with the increasing and timely availability of pharmacovigilance and post-marketing surveillance data. A new article in the Harm Reduction Journal is titled The Relationship Between Police Contracts for Drug-Use-Related Crime and Future Arrests, Incarceration, and Overdoses. In this retrospective study, the authors examined police contact, arrests, and incarceration for persons 12 months before and 12 months after an index encounter with law enforcement. The authors found in the 12 months post-index encounter an increase in overdose-related contacts, rate of incarceration, and duration of incarceration. They also found that traditional policing is associated with increases in overdoses and no reduction in future arrest support alternative strategies. Our final article in BMJ Open Respiratory Research is titled Cannabis Use and Risks of Respiratory and All-Cause Morbidity and Mortality. This study examined health database information for residents of Ontario, Canada. Those reporting cannabis use in the past 12 months were compared with non-user controls. The primary outcome was respiratory-related emergency room visits or hospitalizations during the next 12 months. The study found no difference between cannabis users and controls for respiratory-related emergency room visits or for all-cause mortality. However, all-cause emergency room visits and or hospitalizations was found to be more common in cannabis users. The most common diagnosis was acute trauma. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ACM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary, delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and ASAM.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.